You are listening to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 35. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for episode number 35 of the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm Monica Louie, and welcome to the first episode of 2020. Now, are we supposed to say 2020 or 2020? What are you saying? I'm curious to know. I've been kind of saying 2020. I don't know. It sounds weird. All right. So we are starting a whole new year and a whole new decade And I love this time of year because it's a time filled with spending time and making memories with loved ones, reflecting back on the past year and looking ahead to the next. And in this episode, I am sharing five steps to flourishing in 2020. I absolutely love dreaming and planning, and I'm going to walk you through the steps that my team and I are going through right now to plan for the new year. And if you happen to be listening to this episode at any time other than the beginning of the year, that is totally okay. You can walk through this process at any time when you want to recommit to smashing your goals. But before we dive in, If you're new to the podcast, I want to bring you up to speed on who I am and what I've got going on in my business so that you can see where I'm coming from and sharing these tips with you. So I am Monica Louie. I am a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, and I run a fast-growing ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six and seven-figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook Ads, which is my online training program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $1.5 million in ad spend and served more than 700 students and clients. So we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And the goal of this podcast is to discuss what it really takes to build a seven-figure online business. And of course, Facebook ads can be an important part of that. So while not every episode is about Facebook ads, I definitely want to keep you updated on what's working now so that when it's time for you to use them as part of your marketing plan, you have the information you need. So if you're ready to get started with Facebook ads, then I invite you to check out my free Facebook ads starter kit. And you can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. The starter kit takes you through the six steps to creating campaigns that convert. Plus there's an awesome checklist so you can make sure you've got everything you need before you jump into the ads manager. And if you're like me, then you love a good checklist. And if you're interested in learning more about how my team and I might be able to help you with your Facebook ads, then go to monicalouie.com slash WWM. We have information there about our services. And while I'm at it, sharing all these links, you can find all the links and resources that I mentioned in this episode at monicalouie.com slash 35. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E dot com slash the number 35. All right, so let's dive in to the five steps to flourishing in 2020. All right, so as I mentioned, I absolutely love dreaming big and planning and 
creating plans for achieving big goals. But I have some resources that have inspired me over the years for how I actually go through this process with my team. And then my team and I have kind of adapted this process that I'm going to walk you through based on what we've learned, best practices, where we've missed some goals that we need to remember to make note of in planning for the next year. So there are two main resources that I kind of get my inspiration from in planning for the new year. And the first one is the Best Year Ever course, Five Days to Your Best Year Ever by Michael Hyatt. But he also has a book called Your Best Year Ever by Michael Hyatt. And it's a five-step plan for achieving your most important goals. Now, the five steps that I'm taking you through are a little different than Michael's. So if you've gone through the course or if you've read his book, then just know that I'm not regurgitating his five steps, I've actually adjusted the five steps based on what I find that works for planning for the new year. But a lot of what I learned in going through his course, I have adopted and brought into our planning process for the new year. The second big resource that I've definitely gained a a lot of inspiration from in planning out the new year is The 12-Week Year. It's a book by Brian P. Moran and Michael Lennington. Get more done in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months. So that book has been something that I actually read about this time last year. I read it right before going into 2019, and my team and I ended up using that process for 2019. And so I will share when I'm incorporating some of the tips and ideas from that book in here. But those are the two main resources that have really inspired me in developing this five-step process for creating your plan to smash your goals out of the park for the new year. I just wanted to share those with you up front. Those are my two main inspiration. So let's dive in to step one. So step one is to review last year. Take a look at last year and determine your wins, your misses, your lessons learned. And this is a process that Michael Hyatt definitely suggests in his Best Year Ever course and book. Last week, I actually did a piece of this in the podcast. I shared my top three lessons of 2019. So if you haven't listened to that episode, then I invite you to do so. And you can find that at monicalouie.com slash the number 34 for episode 34. So I was reflecting back and looking at my top lessons of 2019. And I wanted to share three of those with you in that episode. So take some time to reflect back on the past year and determine what your own lessons learned from 2019 are. So what didn't go well? What did go well. And then I want you to focus in on what your wins are. Look at your lessons learned, but then look at your wins. So what goals did you hit? And why did you hit those goals? What actually worked? What fell into place that allowed you to hit those goals? One of the goals that I hit last year was actually speaking at four live events. So for 2019, I decided that I really wanted to do more speaking. I have done speaking over the past couple of years. I've spoken at FinCon, uh, which is a conference I talk a lot about because it's one of my most favorite conferences that I've attended. I've spoken at FinCon now three years in a row. And because I was actually very nervous about public speaking originally. Uh, The first time that I 
applied to be a speaker at FinCon. I was very nervous. I was glad to be selected, but I was very nervous about it just because I have always been more shy, more quiet. I was never one of the people who wanted to stand out in a crowd. And so speaking, like voluntarily getting in front of a group of people and speaking always made me nervous uh, before I would turn bright red and my heart would beat really fast. And, and I just felt like, you know, all this pressure of all the attention on me. With that, when my when I spoke the first time in 2017 at FinCon, I practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. And I it went well. It was over really fast, um, but it went really well. I, I got great feedback about my talk. And so I decided that I was going to apply again for 2018. And I was selected again in 2018. And this time I actually led a session for an hour and a half. It was quite a long session. Um, my first session that I led in 2017 was only 20 minutes. And then I led an hour and a half session in 2018. And that went really well. And I really enjoyed it actually. And there were a lot of great questions from the audience. So I decided that in 2019, I was going to put myself out there and I wanted to speak at four live events. So I actually ended up hitting that goal and looking back at how I hit that goal and why I hit that goal, it was largely because of the relationships that I've built over the past few years. So I kind of talked a little bit about that in 2019. I talked more about um, speaking and, and how that came to be in 2019 in my Lessons Learned episode, which is episode number 34. So I'm not going to reiterate all of that here. But, you know, in looking back, one of the things that worked that allowed me to hit that goal was building relationships and going to events and meeting people at these events so that people could know who I was and so that they could keep me in mind. Um, and so people that I've met at live events is what led to my four speaking engagements this past year in 2019 going to more conferences, meeting more people, building those relationships, nurturing those relationships. That's definitely something that I'm going to be doing more of. Another goal that I hit was planning and launching this podcast. It's interesting because when I look back, this was actually a goal from 2018 that I didn't hit. And the reason why I didn't hit that goal in 2018 is because I didn't actually create a plan to make it happen. While it was on my goal list for the year, the way that I treated it was more of a would be nice goal, you know, if it happens kind of goal rather than a this is happening goal. So when 2019 came, my team and I decided that this is actually happening in 2019. I've been talking about starting a podcast for too long. I know that I love listening to podcasts myself. And I know that that's the way that I've built relationships with the people that I follow online, my mentors online by binge listening to their podcast. And it's a medium that I enjoy consuming myself. And so I wanted to have a way to create consistent content that I would actually enjoy producing. And that is what has actually happened in launching this podcast in 2019. We actually planned to launch the podcast in the second quarter of 2019, and we had actually decided that we would launch it by the end of June. But 
our plans changed <laughs> when Pat Flynn interviewed me on the Smart Passive Income podcast and then told me that that interview on his podcast, my interview on his podcast was actually going to come out at the end of May. So with that deadline, we decided that we were going to move our launch date up to May 23rd because in the interview, Pat and I talked about my upcoming podcast during the interview. So we planted that seed that I was having a podcast come out. And so I wanted to make sure that the podcast was actually up and live and people could find it once that interview on the SPI podcast came out. And we wanted to take advantage of that opportunity because we knew that his listeners would be more likely to look up my podcast and actually listen to it if it was live at that time, rather than needing to wait a month for the podcast to come out and then having to remember to go check it out. We actually worked together, my team and I worked together to move up our launch date to May 23rd in time for my interview on the Smart Passive Income podcast to come out. And if you haven't checked out that interview on the Smart Passive Income podcast yet, uh, you can find it at monicalouie.com slash SPI podcast. And as I mentioned, I'll put all the links that I mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at monicalouie.com slash 35. That was something that worked out really well. And that was a big Big win because my team and I really worked together to put all the right pieces in place so that we could launch the podcast on time with three episodes published on launch day, which is what Pat suggests in his Power Up podcasting course that I'm actually a student of that I went through in order to launch the course. And I highly recommend that course if you are interested in launching your own podcast. You can learn more about Power Up podcasting at monicalouie.com slash pup, P-U-P for Power Up podcasting. Disclaimer, I am a proud affiliate for all of Pat's courses because I have been a super fan of his for years and he's been my coach for the last two years. So I can definitely vouch for the quality of his teachings. And following step-by-step what Pat told me to do in that course is how I was able to stay focused and work quickly with my team to launch this podcast and consistently publish new episodes every single week since. So look back at what worked last year for you what goals did you hit and what actually allowed you to hit those goals. So those are things that you might want to make sure you have in place going forward into the new year. For me, the lesson learned about going through Power Up Podcasting and working with my team is that when we have a deadline, we can work together as long as we follow a step-by-step plan and don't get distracted, as long as we stay very focused on what the goal is at hand. And Sometimes that involves taking a course and not getting distracted by researching every step of the way. I know that if I had a lot more time in order to launch my podcast, that I probably would have stopped at every single step and then spent a lot of time researching, well, what's the best podcast host? What is the best microphone? What is the best editing software? I would have stopped at all of those points in the process to research, but because I was on a limited time frame and I knew that Pat knew exactly what he was talking about, I went step-by-step through the course and was able to launch the podcast on time with three episodes. So the next thing I want you to look at, and this is still all in step one, is the misses. So what goals did you not hit in 2019? 
And why did you not hit those goals? What didn't work? What got in the way of you hitting those goals? Was it like my podcast goal in 2018? Was it just that it wasn't as high a priority or you didn't prioritize it? What got in the way of you hitting your goals that you missed in 2019? If you missed goals in 2019. One of the goals that we didn't hit in 2019 was our revenue goal. This podcast is Flourish to Seven Figures, and while I don't have a seven-figure business yet, I am on my way to seven figures. That is the goal. We have a multiple six-figure business, and we are shooting to get to that seven-figure mark in revenue. One of the reasons, looking back, that we didn't hit our goal was because we had a lot of staffing changes during the year that we didn't anticipate. We actually had a couple of key team members leave in 2019 that we couldn't have anticipated at the beginning of the year. All of my team members right now are part-time besides me, and they all have other projects that they're working on and growing. And those key team members, they had both been with me for two years, and they had been instrumental in helping me grow and develop the processes of the business and really lay the groundwork of this business. And so they were really important to the team, but they left on good terms and they moved on because their other projects were taking off and it made sense for them to devote more time to those other projects. We still are in touch to this day and we keep in touch, but it was a big change to have that happen with two key team members during the year that really changed our focus during that time when we had to plan to have other people take on their tasks and then figure out if we wanted to hire to replace them as well. So if you're growing a team, then just know that turnover is part of growing a team. There will be team members that don't work out for various reasons or team members that move on after they've been with you for a while. So that's just part of the situation that you get into when you hire people that have other goals and have other things going on in their lives. So the lesson here is that there will be things that come up that you don't anticipate or that you can't anticipate that will help you achieve your goals quicker, like my interview on the SBI podcast helped push my team and me to launch this podcast sooner. And then there will be those things that slow down your progress, like losing some key team members. And Another reason why we didn't hit our revenue goal in 2019 is because we didn't do a very good job of tying our project goals to our revenue goals. And then we also focused on too many projects that stretched us too thin. And we only realized that now in looking back and figuring out, well, what was the disconnect there? And so we saw that our projects, well, we had a lot of really great, important projects and we accomplished a lot in 2019. Not all of them were tied to helping us get closer to that revenue goal, which is totally fine. One example is launching this podcast. So this podcast is a great long-term strategy for growing my audience and building a relationship with my audience. But because it's still new, it's still young, it hasn't created a noticeable increase in revenue yet, and that's totally okay. That wasn't the intent of the podcast for 2019. But because so much of our time and energy was focused on launching the podcast and then producing episodes every single week and staying consistent with it that took time away from other things that could have helped us 
grow the revenue a little quicker. Also, focusing on serving our existing clients and students always comes first. And with a growing team, a large focus of our time is spent with being intentional about the kind of culture we're creating. So there have been a lot of things where we've focused our time and energy that have not been directly tied to increasing revenue. That's one of the big lessons learned in 2019 is figuring out how we can still serve our clients and students well while being thoughtful with our time. In 2020, we are focusing on increasing efficiencies in all areas of the business and really streamlining things where we can. And we believe that we are laying the foundation that will help us scale to seven figures in revenue, whether that happens in 2020 or beyond. So to recap, reflect on why you did achieve the goals you did and why you didn't hit your other goals. And also, if you did achieve all of your goals, then recognize that that likely means that maybe you didn't aim high enough. Maybe you need to set the bar a little bit higher to really stretch you. And then the last step in step one is to celebrate your wins. So make sure that you take the time to acknowledge how far you've come and what you did accomplish this year, even if you didn't hit all of your goals. So step one, reflect back, celebrate your wins, learn from your misses, and note your lessons learned. All right, step two in the five steps to flourishing in 2020 is to dream. This is what I love to do. I love to dream. I love to have big dreams. And so I want to challenge you, if there were no limits, what do you want to achieve this year? How do you want to end 2020. So looking back, we're getting ready for, you know, put yourself into the future. We're looking ahead toward 2021 and 2020 was the best year of your life. It was your dream year. What would that look like? What would you have accomplished? What would you have done? What would you not have done? Think about all of those things. What would your personal life look like? What would your family life look like? What would you have done with your time in 2020 to make it your best year ever? So really just brainstorm a bunch of ideas here and list out a bunch of things. They may not all happen in 2020, but it'll at least give you a path for you to start from. And then you can figure out what makes sense to actually put in your plan for 2020. And then categorize your goals. Or maybe you want to start thinking about the categories of your business and your life and then creating goals around those. The categories of goals that we have for our business is one, revenue. So we always set a revenue goal and our revenue goal is $1 million in revenue until we hit it. And once we hit it, we will bump it up. So revenue is the first category. Visibility is the second. So that means putting me out there as the face and the name of the brand, I need to get out there. So that includes the podcast, so batching and staying ahead, speaking, so continuing to do more live speaking. So my goal is this year to speak at four live events again, including 
my first live Facebook ads workshop. I'm going to be hosting my own Facebook ads workshop in Portland, Oregon in the third quarter. That is a big goal that's coming up in 2020, and I'm super excited about that. And so if you're actually interested in joining me in Portland, Oregon in the third quarter, my live Facebook ads workshop, then join my email list and you'll be the first to know. So you can go to monicalouie.com slash guide and join my email list there. And I will send you my Facebook ads starter kit as a free gift when you join. That is coming up. Um, that also visibility also includes social media. So maintaining consistent presence on social media, doing more podcast interviews on other people's podcasts. So that's something that has been a great way for me to continue to get my name out there. I've done a lot of podcast interviews on other people's shows, and that's been a great way for people to learn about me and about my brand and what I teach and what I do. And then another one is I want to do another big photo shoot. I've done a few smaller photo shoots through 2019, but I want to do another big photo shoot in 2020. Those are all goals, tasks, projects related to our visibility goal. And then the third category is revolving around the ads agency and serving our clients. So as I mentioned already, we want to streamline our processes and keep our quality high. It's super important for us to always deliver high quality service to our clients, but we know that there are some areas where we can streamline some things and make our team a little bit more efficient so that we can handle more clients with the team that we have. And then training team members. There's always new things happening with Facebook ads. We have some newer team members um, that we hired at the end of 2019. So getting them trained up on the more advanced types of campaigns that we do. And so just continuing to train all of our team members and keeping everybody up to date with the latest that's happening with Facebook ads. Then the next category is the Flourish with Facebook Ads program. So this is my online training program where I teach people how to create campaigns that convert. And so in January, we're actually rolling out the updated version of Flourish and it's going to have all updated content with videos. And so that's our first big project of the year. Then we want to make sure, we always want to make sure that, that the content in the course is updated since Facebook and Instagram ads change all the time. So we are planning for the annual update to again happen later in 2020. We do keep it updated throughout the year, but we like to do a big sweep through all the modules, all the lessons to make sure that everything is the latest and greatest at least once a year. And a goal for me is to invest more time in the group. I want to do more Facebook lives and really show up more in the group. I love connecting with my students. I love helping them get great results with their campaigns. And I want to spend more of my time doing that. And then of course, promoting the program. So doing more promotion around the program, bringing in new students. So all of that is going to be a focus for 2020. And then we have another category that we're calling want goals. So this is something where it would be nice if it happened in 2020, but it's not going to take higher priority over the other goals. So we're going to be totally fine if this is not something that makes its way into our 2020 plans. For me, 
this year for 2020, it's a website redesign. So I have a really nice website. I really like my website, but there are some tweaks and some changes that I want to make. So we might do some subtle tweaks and changes here and there. And so, you know, if a full website redesign doesn't happen in 2020, I'm going to be totally fine with that. But that is something I want to plan ahead for, for when the time is right. So determine your categories, categories in your life and business where you want to create some goals around and then get clear on your goals. So make sure that they are measurable. You know, we've all heard of smart goals (laughs) and where they need to be specific, measurable, actionable or attainable realistic and time bound. And so make sure that they are measurable, that you know when that goal is achieved or not. And with that, I always like to aim big. So with the revenue goal, for example, we're shooting for seven figures in revenue, but that might seem a little bit audacious. And so my team actually suggested that we have maybe some different levels of goals. So some people like to do this where they have their good, better, best goals, where their best is like, oh my gosh, amazing. I can't believe that even happened. Whereas good is going to be like, I feel great if we hit this goal. This goal is better. And then this goal would be just amazing. So what we actually did this year is we have our high and low goals. So we have our high goals that we're shooting for, but we also have our lower goals that if we hit that, we're going to feel really good. I always like to keep my eye on the prize and shoot for the high goals. But if that that helps you kind of make things feel a little bit more realistic, then go for it. Because you don't want your goal to feel so audacious that it's just too impossible to actually make happen. You want it to feel like it's within the realm of possibility, but you want it to be outside. You really want it to stretch you. So so you want it to be outside of what sounds realistic. And then once you've got clarity on your goals, determine why each of your goals are important to you. So get clear on what will achieving these goals make possible for you. What will achieving these goals make possible for your clients or your customers, for your team members, for your family? How is achieving these goals going to affect you and those around you? And then what will you be missing out on if you don't achieve these goals? So look ahead to the end of 2020. You've achieved these goals. What is possible? What does life look like? And then go the opposite way. You look at 2020, you're at the end of 2020, and you missed out on your goals. You didn't quite achieve them. What is that not allowing for you? So get clear on that, and that will help you stay motivated to commit to achieving your goals. So to recap, dream and don't hold back, and then determine your top categories of goals and or projects, and then create your good, better, best goals or your high and low goals, and also get clear on some want goals. What what are some want goals that would be nice to have, but not necessarily the highest priority? And then of course, get clear on why your goals are important to you. Okay, so that was step two. Step three is to plan. This is where we actually get tactical. We're going to make it happen. So we are going to put all of this on the calendar. So the first thing I want you to do, and you can you can write all of this out in a Google Doc or on a notepad or a, a journal, but I want you to write out all of the time off. So what does your time off look like? Are you 
taking time off in the evenings and weekends? Are you going to plan for family time? Are you going to plan for your workouts or your non-working me time? For me, I'm actually reassessing what my schedule and routine looks like so that I can make sure that I have plenty of time for all my workouts that are going to happen in 2020 and that I've got plenty of time for family time, that I'm not going to be working in the evenings and weekends, and that I also have time for me to read a book, to journal, to do all these things that I always feel like are nice to have that I always run out of time for. So I'm going to be much more intentional with my schedule and making time, making sure that I'm creating time for these things. And then also add in other time off. So like, are you taking time off during spring break. Like my kids have spring break in the first week of April. So I know that that's when I'm going to be taking time off from work to spend time with them. Whether we go on a family vacation or not, I'm going to be taking time off during that time. Also, as I'm speaking of family vacations, start to note any family vacations that you want to take during the year. Plan ahead for those. I know that my husband and I need to be a little bit better about planning ahead for those so that we're not like, in the middle of summer thinking, oh, we really should go camping with the kids. So we're having those conversations now so we can plan which weekends we might want to have like a longer weekend away from work um, so that we can go on a mini vacation or go on a longer family vacation. And then also what holidays are you taking off? So my husband is a federal employee, so he gets all the federal holidays off. And so I like to plan in my schedule that I'm also taking those days off because usually my kids have those days off of school also. So then I can have a nice three-day weekend with my family when those things come up. So plan your time off, then plan all your travel. So if you're like me, I already have a bunch of tickets to a bunch of conferences next year and I've got all of those on my calendar and my team has a list of those so that we can plan around when I'm going to be traveling and when I'm not going to be in the office. And so any conferences, any retreats, any other travel, personal or business, make sure you've got those listed out and on your calendar. Then looking at your goals, plan out your launches and promotions and make sure that you include the launches and promotions for your own products and then any affiliate joint ventures that you do for your products where you are working with an affiliate for your product and then also any affiliate joint ventures where you're the affiliate for somebody else's product. Plan all of those things out as much as you can for the year. At least start to pick timeframes where those things might occur. Even if some of those are a little bit iffy or may or may not happen yet, I know we've got some planned in the first quarter so we've already got those noted. And then any other projects, make a list of any other projects. So if you're going to to do a website redesign and a photo shoot, then make sure that you've got that noted and what time frame that is going to cover. And then for me, I'm planning my live workshop. So we need to start working backwards now to figure out all the pieces that need to be in place so that we can conduct this live workshop in the third quarter of 2020. Any speaking, any virtual presentations or live events that also goes under a project because that's going to take time for me to prep and plan um, to get my presentations ready to go. And then also as you're planning all of this out, 
Think about and talk to your team members about what happens if there are hiccups. So in 2019, this was something that we encountered. We had a couple key team members leave. And so we didn't anticipate that happening, but it definitely changed some of our focus during that time. Um, I know going into 2020, I've got a team member who's going to be going out on maternity leave. So already, at least we can anticipate that one. We are planning ahead so that everything is going to be taken care of when she is out of the office taking care of her her new baby. And then break down your 2020 goals into quarterly goals. So this is where the 12-week year comes into play. So in the 12-week year, they suggest breaking down your year goals into 12-week years so that each 12-week time period, which is roughly a quarter, that that is the time frame that you're focused on. And so with that, my team and I have decided in looking back at how 2019 went, that really with each quarter, we can only focus our time and energy on one main project or goal. Now we're going to have other goals that we're working toward happening that we are making progress on in each quarter, but there's only going to be one main project for each quarter. In Q1, that is all having to do with updating the Flourish course and promoting it. That is where Q1. So that also involves working with affiliates, doing affiliate joint ventures for with my affiliates for Flourish. So all of that is happening. So that is one main project where we are going to have different sub-projects that we're working on. But all the other things are going to be moving forward as well. They're just not going to be our main focus during that quarter. And don't forget to tie your projects and your quarterly goals to your revenue goal. So in episode 19, did an episode called The Math to Seven Figures, where it broke down all the different ways, maybe not all the different ways, but many different ways that you can get to seven figures in revenue with different price points and how many products you need to sell at each price point. And I also created a revenue calculator that you can download at monicalouis.com slash math so that you can actually do the math that will help you achieve your revenue goal. And even if your revenue goal isn't seven figures, you can plug in whatever your revenue goal is there, and then you can determine how many of each of your different offerings you need to sell in order to get to your goal. So that episode, episode 19, you can find at monicalouis.com slash 19, and the calculator you can download at monicalouis.com slash math. And then, as I mentioned earlier, put all of this on the calendar. Get really clear. Make sure you've got it noted. Make sure your team is on the same page with you. But then make sure that all of these key dates and time off and everything is on your calendar. All right. Step four is to plan your first quarter. So focus in on your first quarter goals. So what you need to do is once you have broken down your annual goals into quarterly goals, then focus in on the first quarter. What you're going to do is you're going to get clear on what you want to have achieved by the end of the first quarter. And then you work backwards and plan what you need to get done each week in order to hit your Q1 goals. This process is from the 12-week year. So 12 weeks is roughly one quarter. This is what we do. We look at the 12-week time period, and then we start placing in 
key dates of when deadlines are. So we need to have this done by this date. So that means that we need to work backwards and we need to make sure that this is done three weeks earlier. So that's what you're going to do. You're going to plan out your quarter week by week, as much as you can fill in. You may not be able to fill in the entire quarter week by week, but you can at least get the big pieces of the puzzle there in place and planned out. Then what you're going to do is you're going to create your scorecard. This is also from the 12 week year. The scorecard is where you have a document. So we use Google Docs where each week my assistant and I are planning out what we are committing to to get done that will help us achieve our goals. So we take our main categories of our goals. So we list out our revenue goal, our visibility goal, our agency goals, our flourish with Facebook ads program goal. And we list those out. We list out what our measurable goals are, what we're achieving related to this quarter for each goal, for each category. And then we break out what we are committing to achieving each week. Our scorecard goes week by week. So for week one, we will say for week one of Q1, this is what we are promising to commit to this week in each of these categories. And there might be weeks where there's nothing in one or two of the categories. And that's totally fine. If nothing is relevant needs to happen then, then that's totally fine. But then you can at least plan out what you are planning on achieving. So the podcast is a big category under the visibility category. With the podcast, every single week I have my scorecard, what episodes I'm working on, whether I'm drafting out my outline or I'm recording an interview with a guest on the podcast, or I am sending, I'm recording an intro and outro and sending off the audio to the podcast editor. I have all of that on my scorecard. Or if I am being interviewed on somebody else's podcast, then that will go on my scorecard. Then you can see what your key tasks are each week that will help you achieve your goals. And this becomes my focus point. So according to the 12-week year, if you consistently complete 85% of your tasks on your scorecard, then you will likely hit your goals. That is really cool. That's a good percentage to be shooting for. There have been weeks where I have hit 100% and there have been weeks where I've hit 68%. So I have fallen along the spectrum. But I use this as my focus each week week. I am always having it open on my browser so that I can refer back to it. In between meetings, if I get out of a meeting um, a little bit earlier, then I will go to my scorecard and see what is something on there that I can work on right now until my next meeting starts or until the next thing that I have planned on my calendar is. And then each week when I create my scorecard for that week, I schedule those tasks on my calendar. Every single task that is on my scorecard ends up on my calendar so then I can see when I am committing to actually achieving those things. They're not just a list of this is what I plan to do this week. I actually block out time for me to focus my time and attention on those tasks. And then, you know, as things change, sometimes I 
a meeting will run long and I'm not able to get to that item that I had planned to get to that day, then I will move it along my calendar for the next day and I will adjust as needed. But knowing that I have those time blocks on my calendar and I have committed to achieving those things on my calendar, that keeps them at the forefront of my mind. So I know what I need to focus on, what the main tasks are, what the main projects are that I need to work on each week in order to help me achieve my goals. So the scorecard has been a game changer for my team and I this year, and it helps us know that we're on the same page and that we're both working toward the same goals and we know who is doing what. And so once I am done with recording the podcast and I send it off to the editor, then my assistant knows that once the editor sends that back, then she can pick it up and make sure that the episode is scheduled to be published and that the show notes and everything are drafted and the social media that goes along with each episode is all scheduled and created and ready to go. So step four is to plan your Q1 goals and then break them out by week and create your scorecard and make sure you get everything scheduled on your calendar so you know exactly what you're doing and when. And then step five, the final step in the process to flourish in life and business in 2020 is to determine who do you need to become in order to achieve your goals. So what habits do you need to adopt? What do you need to change to become the person who actually achieves those big, scary goals? So how does the person with a seven-figure business think, feel, act? What are the habits of a seven-figure business owner? Those are the things that I think about all the time. And that's why I'm looking again at my schedule and how I structure my day so I can make sure that I've got the time to focus on the things that I know I need to focus on in order to become that seven-figure business owner. And then once you've clarified what those habits are and what changes you might need to make, then practice being that person every single day. So for me, that involves eating healthy, exercising daily, keeping my commitments to others as well as to myself. And something that I'm really good at is keeping my commitments to others. But when it comes to keeping my commitments to myself, that's where I'll get a little flexible <laughs> on my commitments is because I will give myself benefit of the doubt and, and say that I can put this off until later. So that is something that I'm working on is being that person that not only keeps my commitments to others, but also keeps those commitments to myself. And a book that I'm reading right now that is really great on this topic actually is called The Practicing Mind by Thomas M. Sterner, Developing Focus and Discipline in Your Life. So it's a really short book actually. I'm about halfway through it already, but it's a really great book and it's all about practicing, just staying in the process and focusing on the process and enjoying the process of mastering those skills or challenges that you want to achieve. And so I think it's a perfect time of year to be reading this book. Um, so I definitely recommend it, The Practicing Mind by Thomas M. Sterner. I'm really enjoying it. All right, and so to practice being that person and to keep your goals at the forefront of your mind so that you know what you're working toward, they're gonna be on your scorecard, they're gonna be on your calendar, but also something that I started doing this past year as well is to set daily reminders of my goals on my phones. I use the Reminders app 
And I just have it where it reminds me daily at a certain time in the morning so that I take that moment, it's just a quick minute to look at all my goals that I have for the year, what I'm working towards, and then also why they matter. So list out your goals and why they matter and have some kind of daily reminder. I use the reminders app on my iPhone, but you can also have this as a recurring um, event on your calendar to review your goals and have your all your goals listed there in that event. There are so many habit tracker apps out there where you can do this kind of thing as well. So have some kind of prompt to focus in on your goals and why they matter every single day. And also have weekly check-ins to track your progress on your goals. So my team and I have weekly team meetings, and this is where we go over our scorecards. We create our new scorecards for the week and we go over those. And we also review what we crossed off of our scorecard for the last week. And so we also talk about our wins, misses, and lessons learned from the past week. So anything that didn't go as expected, we talk about that and what our lessons learned are and how we can use that information for the future, for future situations. And we also always talk about our wins. What went well? So we start off on a really positive outlook of, well, this went well, this was great, you know, and when I'm able to take time off and spend time with my family and we were able to get this done early and whatever, I'm we're always noting those things. Or I had a really great meeting with this client. This client is having really great success. We're ha- our costs are really low for this client's campaign pains. Things are going really well here. Our student had this kind of win that they posted in the Facebook group. We share all of those things because it's really important to remember the wins and celebrate the wins. And my assistant takes notes on all of those things. So then every single month in our all hands team meeting where all the team members come together in a team meeting, she shares a bunch of those wins so that everybody can see the, the great progress that we are making and the good work that we're doing. So the wins, misses, and lessons learned, that's something that we cover in every single weekly team meeting. But you could also, if you don't have a team that you're meeting with weekly, you could do this with an accountability partner or a mastermind group. Definitely recommend if you don't have a team or even if you do, that you have an accountability partner or mastermind group that you can be talking these things through as well. Scorecards, as I mentioned, is a big part of our daily process, but then also our weekly process in our team meetings. We review those and I have it open every single day on my desktop. I have it as a shortcut on my Chrome browser so I can just with a click of a button, open it up and see my scorecard. And then I get joy in crossing things off every single day. And that really helps me stay focused that I know that I'm doing good work. I know that I'm working on the right things to get closer closer to achieving my goals. And as I mentioned, when I have free time in between my meetings, this is my guide of what I should be focusing on. So if I get out of a meeting early or I have a little bit of time and before my next meeting, I go to my scorecard to see what I can spend a few minutes on. And then plan your quarterly meetings. So schedule your quarterly planning meetings ahead of time. So toward the end of the quarter, maybe the middle of the third month or earlier if you like, but we generally start to look at the second half of the third month in order to plan our 
have our quarterly planning meeting for the next quarter. And then we go through this exact same process. We look at what is our main project for the second quarter, for example. We look at what didn't happen in Q1. Maybe our timeline changed a bit. And so something that we wanted to get done in Q1, we are still needing to finish up in Q2. So we'll take that into consideration when planning for the next quarter. And so then we just go week by week and figure out what needs to happen when, and we use that as our guide in creating our scorecards every single week. So for the quarterly planning meetings, we schedule about two to three hours to make sure that we have enough time to go over everything and look at what's happening on the calendar. But we have found that we have gotten faster at this process as we have gone through it quarter after quarter after quarter. So I think the first couple of quarters of 2019 when we started doing this, we needed a couple of different two-hour meetings in order to plan this. And now we're able to condense it a bit. And I know my assistant will do some prep work and planning based on things that we've talked about and dates that we've already committed to and, and things that we already know. And she'll begin to compile all of that in preparation for those planning meetings. So have a team member, if you have one who can do some prep work ahead of time, that can help to make the process a lot faster. All right. So to recap the five steps, the first step is to review last year. Review your wins, your misses, your lessons learned. And then step two is to dream big. So what do you want to have happen in this coming year? What would just blow your mind if you actually made it a reality? So dream big. Don't be afraid to dream big. Step three is to then plan the year and break it down into quarterly projects and goals. Step four is to plan the first quarter of the year And step five is to become the person you need to be in order to achieve those goals and, of course, take action. Now it's time for you to take action. I want you to take the time to go through these steps. And if you do, you will set yourself up to flourish like you never have before. And I want to hear about it. I'd love to hear what your big goals are for the new year. Please let me know in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 35 or take a screenshot of your podcast player and tag me on Instagram. I am at Flourish with Monica. And if Flourishing with Facebook ads is on your goal list for 2020, then I encourage you to check out my free Facebook ad starter kit. It will help you plan your next campaign or improve your existing campaign. Plus, it has a detailed checklist so you can be super organized going into the ads manager to set up your campaign. And you can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. And as a reminder, I will have all the links and resources that I mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, which you can find at monicalouie.com slash 35. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you found this helpful, please leave a rating and review so that more people can find this podcast and subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode comes out. Next week, I've got another awesome interview that I am so excited to share with you. My guest is a best-selling author, copywriter, course creator, and agency owner, and he's sharing how he's built his business, grown his team, and his top tips for writing copy that converts. This is an episode you will not want to miss. And remember, new episodes come out every single Thursday, so subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app so you'll be sure to get the next episode as soon as it comes out. 
Thank you so much for joining me today. Take care and bye for now. And here's to flourishing in 2020.